It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by Price Picks. Price Picks is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to pricepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use the code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week, you might be already in it, it might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, like, because when I shot, I expected to make it. So, like, I don't shoot kind of miss. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to episode number 921 of Locked On Raptors for Wednesday, April the 7th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter as always, at WoodleySean, and you can find the show at Locked On Raptors. Also, please make sure to check out the entirety of the Locked On Podcast Network. we got team-focused shows covering all of your favorite teams. Uh, for example, the Toronto Blue Jays, they're off to a nice start. Go listen to Locked On Blue Jays with AJ Andrews to get the lowdown there on Vladimir Guerrero Jr. hitting piss ropes all over the field. It's great. Uh, also, Bo Bichette uh, is awesome, and it's a very fun time to be a Blue Jays fan. In addition, the Toronto Maple Leafs continue to uh, lay waste to the pathetic North Division in the NHL, and Mike DiStefano has you covered every single day over on that podcast as well. Locked on Leafs, go support it. Today's show is brought to you by Michelob Ultra at just 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Stay tuned for the Ultra Player of the Week coming up later in the episode. All right, on today's show, we're talking about a basketball game, sort of. It was basketball adjacent. The Toronto Raptors lost to the LA Lakers 110-101 on Tuesday night, snapping an 11-game winning streak against the Lakers that I did not realize existed until the game was over. Hadn't lost to the Lakers since 2014. That's fun. That's over now. And this was, as I said... Barely a basketball game. The Raptors finished off with eight available players after OG Ananobi was ejected. And we're going to dive into this one. We're mostly going to talk about the fight, honestly, because uh, there's a lot to dig into there. Uh, and joining me to dive into this wretched basketball game is uh, 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 our favorite 
one of our favorites, someone who is the opposite in terms of uh, enjoyment and uh, coolness the, uh, to this basketball game. I don't know. It's Katie Heidel. Katie, what's up? <laughs> really reached for that one. I did. I, I had the plot, <laughs> and then I lost it, and then I had to take some weird circuitous path to get back to it. But I did. How's it going? That's okay. That's the theme <laughs> of um, this past year. I mm-hmm. feel like that was kind of the theme of this basketball game and the Raptors season. I feel like it's a purge season. You know, when you mentioned like the Lakers uh, record, which I also didn't realize was a thing. And for a, like a fleeting moment, I was like, oh, like, that's kind of too bad. Yeah. I was like, why? It's just like, I didn't even know it existed. Why do I feel so sad about it? This is a season that's going to bring all those kinds of things to an end. And that's fine. Yeah. yeah. Like a forest fire. Yeah. It's uh, going to bring <laughs> regrowth uh, and a clean slate. You know what? I think that might be the best description of this season i could possibly imagine for your raptors it's the forest fire season. it's the controlled burn season uh, mm-hmm. maybe a little some of it gets a little out of control maybe you uh you know demolish a little brook that you didn't want to but uh for the most part just clearing out the stuff and figuring out what's going to grow in its place going forward not bad katie you should be a writer i think uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm gonna give it a shot yeah yeah you should maybe uh test those waters uh katie where to start i mean we'll talk about the fight extensively because there's lots of fun stuff to talk about with the fight that wasn't really a fight and kind of looked accidental on og's part but uh overall what's your biggest takeaway from this game katie mark seeing mark again Mm, um miss mark's face a lot i saw you had a questionable tweet uh, about not wanting mark or that he wouldn't have stayed i don't think that's true Mm. anyway um yeah it was great to see mark again i miss his like self-assured bounce passes so much (laughs) i miss just like his physical there's something extremely calming about watching marcus all in the paint uh for your team (laughs) and knowing that things will go right just by virtue of like him being physically either standing in place or being physically in that space yep (laughs) I miss that a lot. I didn't realize how much I missed it until I saw him doing that for another team. Mm-hmm. I missed, uh, you know, his little turnaround jump shots that seem like they have no chance where he kind of does mm-hmm. like a starfish. Uh, mm-hmm. He had a couple of those fall in this one. That was really fun. And I, I was worried. You said my questionable tweet. I was worried if it was like a canceled on my own podcast. Um, the, the uh, <laughs> It's like, what did I do? Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, my point that I made on Twitter was that you know, I, I could just see the tea leaves after Mark made his first shot of the night. Like, I could see, like, the, the, the hordes of folks coming out and being like, how could they not bring back Marcus Saul? This team doesn't have a center. Blah, 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 blah. And, like, I don't know. I just, we've, we've litigated that a lot. It, it seemed like he was pretty hell-bent on not playing in Tampa Bay. Seemed like he was uh, pretty content to take two years at a minimum over the more money he was being offered by the Raptors. And it just seemed like if you're going to be mad about someone and not ponying up the years and the money, it's probably surged to me, even though I think Gasol is maybe um, even more sort of conducive to fixing the holes that the Raptors have this year. It's just, I don't know, we don't need to relitigate it. And um, it's, that was just my overarching takeaway from that. My big takeaway from this game, Katie, was that uh, this was... As 2021 a basketball game, I think, as we'll see all year long, like just... I mean, you say that now. Yeah, I mean, of course, things can uh, go further terribly. Go terrible. Go further terrible? What? Oh, my God. I am 2021 in, uh, in, in human form. But it just... 
there were no players available before the game. LeBron, Anthony Davis, Andre Drummond all out for the Lakers. The Raptors are missing six players, including Kyle Lowry, Fred Van Vliet, leaving, I believe, only one of the five best players between the two teams available for this one. Uh, and then I would say the sixth best player between them, OG Ananobi, was then ejected. And I don't know, like, we'll get into the fight in the next segment, but it just, this was a kind of perfect encapsulation of everything wrong with the NBA product this year. It was a back-to-back for the Raptors, a home back-to-back, which is very rare. And again, just like a sign of the times, basically, that, oh, yeah, we got to sandwich all these dumb games in before the Olympics. Um, You know, everyone looked exhausted. Everyone just looked like they were kind of over it uh, from the jump. It, It just, everything about it was extremely 2021. I don't even know what could have happened to make it more 2021. You had refs making questionable decisions, which has been a through line throughout this entire season as well. Uh, Just really dark stuff, Katie. I I can't say I enjoyed the viewing experience of this one, uh, even a little bit. I liked the listening experience to that cowboy ref who I've never heard (laughs) speak before. Um, That was enjoyable. I was like, you know, this guy can make kind of any call he wants i close my eyes and listen but like (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah like uh i I did enjoy that little bit of a silver lining for me also lebron is like extreme soccer coach like i mean soccer coach at like a kid's soccer game yeah yeah vibe of like like having his coffee (laughs) (laughs) to go coffee in like shorts wearing his mask incorrectly um pulling guys over to like talk to them uh at the side, mm-hmm. uh, kind of just like wandering around. Um, I enjoyed that a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that the the coaching of the guys not available has been quite good. Fred Van Vliet just uh, really a star mm-hmm. of the show for the Raptors of these last couple games. Um, of course, getting in the middle of the kerfuffle uh, in the first quarter, always standing when Nick Nurse is getting an explanation explanation from the ref, just like right there on Nick's shoulder, almost like he's shadowing him. And it's like a thing they've talked about him doing. Like he's interning at a radio station and learning how to run the board. It's great. Um, shout out to Fred. Uh, that was, again, one of the highlights. Of the, if the highlights of the game are the dudes not playing in it, uh, doing coach things on the sideline, it probably tells you a little bit about uh, what's going on on the floor. Just a really rough one, Katie. Oh, I will say... Mm. I, I did enjoy watching Malachi play. Um, he had some really just like one, I guess I didn't cause I haven't seen him in sustained play long enough or maybe in this style of game against like a pretty quick team, especially like a Caruso who is just like a demon now. Um, anyway, or he's like on full demon, but they're pretty speedy. So to see Malachi like kind of ratchet up his pace yeah, and just like keep his, his footwork is so good you know, like his handles are so good. I was just like, there was only one little stretch of like beautiful, aesthetically pleasing basketball. And it was his stretch. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he had that little like, I think, he, oh, it was against Kuzma. He had a little like psych out kind of like dance, prance around, backed up, shot it, mm-hmm. went in. I really enjoyed that. And that was probably about, I don't know, eight seconds. Yeah. Yeah. But uh- it was nice. I'm with you. Malachi Flynn has been a delight the last couple games here. Three games in a row, really. Um, he's like a sneaky good rebounder for a guy as small and slight as him, in addition to just kind of having a nice finger on the pulse of the offense. And also, he's like an absolute menace defensively, which is not something you expect from a rookie who's barely played, but I'll certainly take it. And you uh, are certainly excited about the signs that he's showing there. Um, yeah, Malachi Flynn. 
pretty fun. Shout out to his dad. Mm-hmm. I'm sure his dad's had a very happy Facebook post again today. It's uh, <laughs> It's been a nice recurring theme getting those screen caps uh, over the last few days as well. Pretty wholesome stuff there from Eric Flynn. Really doing a, a 180 after uh, his complaints about the lack of playing time just uh, a month ago. It's nice to see. Um we're okay. We've spent now almost ten minutes and haven't really addressed the fight uh, or quote unquote fight. I don't even know. We were what saving we're calling it. it. Yeah, we're gonna get into that coming up in just one second here. And a main character in the fight, not really one of the primaries, but actually kind of one of the primaries, is Gary Trent Jr., who of course is this week's Michelob Ultra Player of the Week. Thanks to Michelob Ultra for bringing us the Player of the Week. And uh, Gary Trent Jr., he's, he's going to be the guy. How could he not be? He had a career-high 31 points. He set a franchise record and the second-highest plus-minus of all time on Friday. He hit a game-winner on Monday and then defended the honor of his dear friend OG Ananobi in the uh, skirmish with the Lakers on Tuesday night. Gary Trent's been all over the Raptors this week. He's been fantastic. With Michelob Ultra, it's only worth it if you enjoy it. 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. Joy creates success, and enjoyment isn't the end game. It's the whole game. And really, with Gary Trent Jr., it's also been the whole game for him over this uh, early run with the Raptors. It's been beautiful to see. He's bringing joy, happiness, and enjoyment, much the way Michelob Ultra will to your evening when you're watching the game whatever it might be thanks to Michelob Ultra for sponsoring the podcast and congrats to Gary Trent Jr. your Michelob Ultra player of the week the NBA playoffs are right around the corner and locked on NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama every Monday Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league helping to break down the NBA playoffs Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Katie, let's dive into the fight. First of all, just a quick heads up. Tomorrow's podcast will be joined by Brad from Too Much Hoops. We're going to talk about the defense for the Raptors and where things have gone off the rails this year after they were so historically good last season. And on Friday, we're going to be joined by uh, John Wilmus, who is a writer for Real GM and a Chicago Bulls boy. And we're going to talk about the Bulls, the race for the play-in spots, and all that good stuff on Friday after the Raptors play the Bulls on Thursday night uh all right katie the fight second quarter first quarter 10 minutes in or so uh og ananobi goes in for what should be an easy dunk dennis schroeder hugs him to stop a dunk which first of all i know that's like a legal foul to give it's a basketball play technically we need to outlaw any fouls that take away dunks uh it's stupid it's the same as like clear paths that should be like an ejection almost if you're taking away dunks especially during this hell season where nothing fun happens i want to see og cram on a dude and i don't want to see it taken away by a very hard foul um because og is an enormous man who is very strong the momentum of him getting caught in uh dennis schroeder's arms kind of dragged schroeder along schroeder looked like he was trying to hang on to og so he didn't kind of get out of control, maybe fly into the stanchion or whatever it was. It really seemed like a good sort of sportsman-like thing that Schroeder was doing after committing the dumb foul. And then OG tries to free himself from Schroeder's grasp and in the process accidentally lifts him as though he were a baby. Uh, <laughs> and <laughs> kind of like sets him down. You can see he's like shocked that he's got this grown-ass man vertical or horizontal in his arms. And it's like, oh, I'm just going to like gently lay him down. 
And, of course, Schroeder takes exception. Montrez Harrell gets in there. Gary Trent Jr. defending the honor of OG as OG's just like, what? I'm sorry. I didn't know. Like, it's kind of like when the Hulk accidentally breaks a building. Um, Katie, what was your uh, impression? What were, what were your sort of emotions watching this unfold yesterday as uh, really the only highlight of this game took place 10 minutes in? It wasn't a fight first. Yeah, yeah. I keep calling it, it the fight as shorthand. It's not a fight. I mean, it became a, like a bit of a kerfuffle yeah. after the fact a brouhaha uh, guys will. yeah it's yeah. like the dudes ran in but no i think og was legitimately shocked yeah. like you can kind of <laughs> see on his face i mean his face is always like on it's an unflappable face mm-hmm. um but you can see the way he kind of just like moved his arm i don't even know if he knew what part of schroeder's body was attached to him yeah yeah <laughs> and I think he does his best to save it, honestly, because I've watched it a lot of times. Um, I think he does his best to, like, when he realizes he's maybe going down, he, like, places him on the ground. Yeah. But he doesn't place him forcefully. He places him quite gently. Like, he's, I don't know. It was was the gentlest slam I've ever seen. (laughs) And he he did look genuinely surprised, also because he was not involved in, like, the dust-up that then happened. I think he was trying to catch up to be like, why is this happening? Yeah, yeah. Again, it's Um, a superhero who accidentally breaks a building and kills thousands. Uh, (laughs) I'm sorry! (laughs) It was just weird. Like, maybe Schroeder... Like, and Schroeder really... He did kind of... I don't think he... Okay. Because I think he did legitimately fall down. Yeah. But in, in that fall... Perhaps he realized he could sell it a little because mm-hmm. it didn't seem like the momentum matched the move. Yeah, yeah. But I, we, I think you should maybe get like a physics. Maybe you should get a <laughs> physics person on here to watch the tape with you and then just say like, here's what laws of motion uh, were being used. And here. <laughs> um, I think that would just be an interesting close read. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, I, I think it was an accident. Um yeah, I don't know. Honestly, Schroeder is a, is like was used to be a pro skateboarder, and for a <laughs> dude who was a pro skateboarder, I would actually have expected him to have better balance than mm. this. But maybe that's why he could sell the fall because it looked like a skateboard had slipped out from both of his feet. Yeah, it kind of looked like uh, when someone like wades out into the ocean and they're like, "I can handle this current," and then they just get like yes. sucked up by the riptide, uh, yes. and there's just no control Great for the power of, of nature. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, that's kind of what it looked like with Schroeder. And I, like, I don't begrudge Schroeder for being pissed off either, really. I mean, the man was wielded like a sword by OG. <laughs> he, like, I'd be upset if that happened too, mostly just because of the shame that would be coursing through my body. And honestly, I kind of think my theory as to why Schroeder wasn't ejected at all, because he was right in the middle of it all. I'm kind of surprised he got off scot-free. My thinking is maybe the refs just, like, realized okay this man was picked up as though he were a deadlift bar with no weights on it and Mm -hmm. that's enough shame (laughs) and he can live with that that'll keep him in check for the rest of the game whereas Montrez Harold just kind of came in as the third man and I get why he was ejected but so my beef with this whole thing Katie and this kind of goes into the whole this was the most 2021 ass basketball game that ever existed thing is I, like, read the room if you're the refs. Like, it didn't seem like anybody was really trying to hurt anybody. It did seem like an accident. It seemed like even Schroeder was trying to, like, stop OG from, you know, running into a potential injury situation or anything like that. It was all very just, like, a miscommunication of strength. <laughs> and if I'm the ref in that situation, I know this is a game that doesn't have LeBron, Kyle, 
uh, Fred, Anthony Davis, or Drummond. I know this is like already a shorthanded Raptors team with nine available players. And I, I know this is like so early in the game. Like, I feel like if I'm a ref, if I'm that cowboy ref uh, shooting from the hip, I'm probably just <laughs> slapping both guys with a tech. Maybe you give OG a flagrant one because I guess it's technically not a basketball play. And you just kind of move on from there and just sort of read the room because they really just sort of sewered the juice of the game as early as you possibly could. And the rest of the game felt kind of irrelevant after it. Do you agree? Like, do you think this was a misstep by the refs in ejecting people? Or was it enough that, you know, OG and, Tre- and, and Trez kind of deserved it? I don't know that they deserved it. But I also just think this is what refs do sometimes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> We can say that retrospectively because we watched the rest of the game and it was clear like nothing would have happened had they stayed. Um, There was, I'm trying to think if there was another kind of chippy moment later on. Yeah, there was. I think with Trent um, a couple times. I think he like ran into Schroeder trying to drive and like kind of hit him a little bit high maybe with his knee or something. He's trying to like, yeah, take... To have to revenge his friend. Yeah, yeah, and then he did almost which, kill Alex Caruso trying to pick up contact on a three as well. So Trent was all over this one, <laughs> which is, you know, I'm I I stand behind him. Yeah. Um, but I get like I'm not trying to be a ref sympathizer, but <laughs> I think in some cases they do this because they're like they don't know how it's going to unfold, right? You yeah. Gotta yeah. Just like come down hard. And you're like, you know what? We're not like we won't make an exception in this case. And mm-hmm. it seems completely randomized as to when they do this. So maybe they're just like, eh, we haven't done this in a while, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> or something about the game strikes them, you know, in their cold hearts mm. as needing that kind of like, like quick, clean cut. I don't know, yeah. but I do feel like when they. They just like they just make those decisions indiscriminately based on a feeling or a read that they have, and that's why. But I think like yeah, when you look at the whole game, obviously they didn't need to. Yeah, yeah. They're probably also not familiar with OG, who I just like. I don't think like, he wasn't gonna hold. You know what I mean? Like yeah, he's yeah. not holding a he's not holding a grudge. Yeah. Also, I'm sure he gets along with Schroeder. Like, they probably have a lot of same sensibilities in streetwear. Yeah, it's skateboards and uh, roses. Uh, yes. <laughs> Yeah. Maybe Schroeder was jealous that he got the axe deal and named his fragrance that. That's a, a pretty good theory that I'm willing to dive further into. We can um, start that rumor here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just a jilted endorsement, man. Um, I do want to quickly touch on Gary Trent Jr., who got right in the mix here. Of course, he's our Michelob Ultra Player of the Week. He's been all over the thing this week. He's really, you know... Gonna miss Norm still. Miss Norm still. He posted a video last night of uh, him with his new niece that was truly adorable. Um, love Norman Powell. But Gary Trent Jr. is really softening the blow because he rocks. He is so cool, so fun, and is really kind of ingratiating himself nicely into sort of Raptorsdom. And I, I did want to sort of talk to you about the budding friendship. We haven't really discussed this. Um, him and OG Ananobi, fast friends. He talked about it in his first presser with the with the media. You know, talking on the air uh, on the on the flight from Tampa to Detroit, just kind of uh, you know digging into I guess mostly 2K, but I'm sure other things were discussed <laughs> as well. Uh, and it just it really seems like those guys have uh, formed quite a bond early on here in their Raptors tenure, and it's only going to grow, you would assume, because uh, these guys are going to be around a long time if the Raptors have their druthers. Um, so, 
I'm curious, Katie. This has been a rough season, of course. You've talked a lot about sort of the identity being missing from this team and sort of they're kind of waiting to see what direction they're going to take. Uh, what importance does this development, this friendship between OG and Trent on a team that has not really had a lot of boisterous friendships, which I'm kind of surprised by considering they've been in Florida together for an entire year, but I guess they're isolated when they're not playing. And so maybe that cuts into the off-court shenanigans and all that stuff. But uh, how important do you find uh, this friendship development between OG and Trent to be to the health of the Raptors overall? I think there's a big difference of being in Florida by choice. First of all, mm-hmm. making the decision to take a trip to Florida right. and being stuck there. <laughs> um, so I think that's going to change things. Uh, and a lot of them getting a contagious virus there. So yeah. I, don't, yeah. I don't like that. Um, I think it's good. I think it's like me. I think it's needed. You know, like the, the some sometimes the thing about slumps, especially when they're like, I don't know, institutional slumps, like what feels like is what happening with the Raptors is it's so embedded and like, the culture and the chemistry and everything that's going on that you you kind of long for and need this like outside force to come in yeah and like help shake things up and it could have been like you know it could have been just like getting another getting another guy in any trade would have helped it to some degree but i think you get someone like gary trent who's just like a little lightning bolt you know <laughs> <laughs> and just like a for, like a combustible force of energy all his own it seems like um, and I think the fact that he's him and OG have become really fast friends is super cool. And I think important because OG is someone who, you know, we've said on this podcast, like that we want to see him have the same kind of growth that mm-hmm. like Fred and Pascal have had. And maybe he hasn't had the runway to do that. Mm-hmm. And I don't think you should like, you can't take away what the people around you kind of do to that. You know what I mean? Like Fred had Kyle um, to kind of show him that, like the way to do that, you know. And I think I don't think like I think OG gets a, like all these guys are friends already. So I don't yeah. want to say like no one was friends. They needed a friend. <laughs> like they're all friends. But sometimes when in your friend group you just like get too into the thing and you you lose perspective yeah. on everything else. But for OG to have like a, a dude who's like I don't know they're just like on the same wavelength, you know. Yeah. I mean Gary is a bit more like out there. And rambunctious, I'd say, than OG. But I think that's good. Like, a lot of good friendships, that is the dynamic. You've got the quieter one. you got the outgoing one. So I think it's super positive. And I also just think, like, it reads really well to me that Gary's picked up so quickly yeah. on everything. And honestly, I was going through a little bit of, like, I don't know, maybe denial? Because with <laughs> Baines and Len and, like, I was just, like, the, you know, and I guess to a to like a, a liter like a slighter degree, the the younger like newer guys in Utah a little bit, but I think that just has to do with playing time. Mm-hmm. But not seeing Baines and Len pick up like the team like schemes at all and yeah. look so like a fish out of water. Baines still, I was a bit like, okay, is this more complicated than I thought it had to be? <laughs> but then you see Gary Trent Jr. come in and you're like, no, yeah. it's not. No, you just need to he be good at basketball. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I wasn't going to say that, but yes, that's like succinctly what it is. Um, but just to be able to like, yeah, come in and have like the energy and like wherewithal and probably desire mm-hmm. to pick things up. So I think all those things are really good. I think the fact that he's like grown close with OG, you can't like, I don't know, can't discount this friendship. But I also think like him overall it's clear like he's given the team a different kind of shot of energy and maybe like a different perspective that they could use too. 
Yeah, I find Gary to kind of carry similar energy to Serge Ibaka, honestly. Like, you know, it just sort of like a out there, gregarious, uh, energetic dude who like people kind of gravitate towards. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm not surprised that, you know, OG and Serge clearly had a pretty good bond. And I'm not surprised that a guy with sort of a similar set of qualities to Surge comes in and it's like, oh, yeah, no, this is this is the thing I'm comfortable with and the thing I like and the kind of friend I want. It's uh, it's very nice. We're always keeping tabs on the friendships within the team. Uh, we don't just come to Lockdown Raptors for pick and roll breakdowns, baby. Um, we uh, are going to dive into a bit more of a sort of serious question about the Raptors as they continue to trudge along with very few available players, just nine guys going into last night. Of course, they finished with just eight after OG's ejection. And the Raptors don't seem to be in any hurry to sign more players to fill out their two empty roster spots to just kind of soften the burden on all of these guys as they continue to fight through this season. We're going to talk about that and whether that is a miscarriage of front office duties in just one second but first i want to tell you about our friends over at built bar who are making the best tasting protein bar in the world they are wonderful they've got 18 standard flavors including lemon almond cheesecake one of my faves toffee almond mint brownie peanut butter banana bread they're all excellent they're all covered in 100 chocolate and they're soft and easy to chew they're great for the health conscious person you can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat bars are low calorie low sugar high protein high fiber and great for keto diets as well if you want an example of one of their flavor profiles, there's Cherry Barcia, 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and 4 grams of net carbs. That is pretty great. And I can tell you, Cherry Barcia kicks ass. It's very, very good. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off of your next order. That's the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Today's show is also brought to you by BetOnline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports action. You've got college basketball just wrapped up, football is over, but don't fear, there are plenty of other sports to bet on as well. You've got the nightly NBA and NHL action, Katie's favorite sport, baseball is back up and running as well. You can bet on baseball every single night. You can even bet on awards, TV shows, reality TV, whatever it might be, real-time updated odds and props, and almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds, and it's the best way to place your bets. It's also free to sign up just head to the website or use your mobile device and sign up today and receive 50 percent of a welcome bonus on your first deposit so you put in 100 bucks you're going to get 150 bucks to start with that is a great deal when you use the promo code locked on all one word that's betonline.ag promo code locked on betonline or your online sportsbook experts all right katie let's wrap this bad boy up and address the Notable lack of players available for your Toronto Raptors. Of course, nine players uh, healthy going into last night. McCaw, Hood, Jalen Harris, uh, God, Fred, Kyle, Paul Watson still out with the COVID protocols. It's not great right now. They might get Fred back soon here. I think he's sort of day-to-day. We'll see. Not really sure what the deal with Hood is. He'd be pretty helpful right now. They all would be helpful. There are people who can play basketball. That would be very helpful for the Toronto Raptors at the moment as they try to weather through this. And... They also have two empty roster spots that they have not gone about filling. We're seeing some free agent signings around the league. Dwayne Dedman signed by the Heat yesterday. Um, you know, I don't think Dwayne Dedman necessarily was some sort of answer. There's a reason he's gone unsigned all season. But, you know, that's a guy that maybe they could have brought in for a little bit of center depth and all that stuff. Of course, you have to have him want to go play for a team that's 20 and 30. And maybe he wanted to go play for the Heat because they're good. I don't know. But, Katie, do you think it is a miscarriage of the front office's duties that they have not yet signed extra players to help them through this and 
you know, I think there's been sort of some talk about like this is a cost cutting measure for the team. It seems weird that they would do that considering all the money they've already sunk into this season, just having to play in Tampa Bay, like, you know, cut your losses and sign an extra goddamn player. What are we doing here? I I wonder if maybe it's like a development thing and they just want to get the guys they have on the roster more minutes. It's very weird. Like they could have signed a G League guy or something. Alizé Johnson's getting signed by the by the Nets and all that. Where are you at with the Raptors and their seeming lack of urgency to fill out the rest of the roster right now? Just considering how burdensome these games are when you only have nine available guys. I mean, it's complicated because this is the kind of thing where they couldn't have seen this come in at this level. You know what I mean? Like you know, yeah. you know that there's a reality of COVID throughout the whole season. You felt the effects of that from your team on your team already. Uh, and you kind of handled it as best you could, you know, and a lot of teams have been in the situation with like having holes punched in their roster, essentially, whether from injury um, or from illness this season as well. And a lot of them have chosen to weather it so they could be looking elsewhere in the league and just seeing what other teams did. I am um, also of the mind that like, well, yes, I agree with you. It seems more urgent now than it did, say, a week ago mm-hmm. um, to sign just anybody to just help relieve some of the minutes load on the the players that you've got and to just like add some padding you know um but like a week ago i'm not sure who that would be yeah (laughs) you know i could see them not i could see them just seeing like we're gonna hedge our bets and wait not out of like callousness or not caring about the players that they have but just seeing who's available and like what actual meaningful difference would they make yeah for the team you know, mm-hmm. and frankly, like you're at this point in the season where it's not really clear what's going to happen. I am of the mind that like, I, like get these guys out of the season ASAP. <laughs> like, I don't like I'm not saying tank. Yeah. But I'm also just being very realistic. Like at the right now, if we're looking at it just right now, things could change in a week. Things could change in two weeks. But right now you're not looking at a deep playoffs run by any means Mm -hmm. so what is the point of making the playoffs i know you're going to talk to john about this but so i won't we don't have to get into it too deeply but i like why push for something that isn't going to be like a lasting run anyway Mm -hmm. and put more strain on guys and that's what we're actively talking about them trying not to do um i think looking to the g league probably is the most realistic thing that's something they should do if they're looking to now fill a space um, rather than just signing some free agent who's still available. Though a part of me is also just like, what's Rondé doing? He signed with the Blazers. <laughs> Whoops, I didn't know that. And his That's boy Norm. wonderful. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I missed that. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah, I'm out of the loop. I missed that. That makes me so happy. Damn. <laughs> they should have they got him when they could. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's just like, wh- who are you going to get? And why why are you going to get them at this point? That's that's my argument. Yeah. I mean, I, I think for this week in particular, knowing that Fred was going to be out, knowing that Kyle still got the toe thing, knowing that Hood's out and who, know the hell's, who the hell knows what's mm-hmm. going on with Watson and his COVID protocols and all that stuff. You don't want to rush that, obviously. You can't rush that by the rules of the league. But with five games in seven days... Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, yeah, probably would have signed like a 10-day contract or two just to mm-hmm. fill out the roster and have some padding, especially considering you have one point guard on the roster at the moment. Like, go sign Ben Uzo. I don't know. <laughs> Fuck it. Bring back a an old fave like that. 
I, I think, and this is kind of all sort of woven into the conversation with uh, the, the center situation as well. And I think there's this sort of growing sentiment that the Raptors have been just kind of okay with inaction all season long. I don't mm-hmm. really buy it all that much. Like I know like Eric Kareen, who we love, wrote a piece about how the center situation is one of the great failures of like Masai's tenure with the team and all that. And like, I get it. Obviously the center situation is bad, but I also totally understand the reasons why they haven't addressed it. Like they started the season thinking Baines was going to be one thing. And then he was much worse than that, far lower than any expectations. If you go back to the literature at the time, people were all over that signing, thinking this is a great plan B for the Raptors, a way, a good way to settle, you know, and you know, not have nothing at the center position going forward after losing Ibaka and Gasol. And I got it, and it was, you know, that that's fine. He obviously underperformed, and maybe they could have made a move early in the season, but that's hard to do in season. Teams a can't trade everybody until a certain part of the year, and also other teams are probably looking to see what they have in their own guys before shipping them off. And then I was totally convinced they were going to do something about the center position. And then the COVID plague hit and they went three weeks without winning a game. And I don't begrudge the front office for saying, you know what, we're not going to use future assets to go get a center to fix a problem that isn't going to fix the overarching problem, which is we don't have any players right now. And so I don't like the Baines thing. Yes, it's a failure, but also it's, I think, justifiable the way the season kind of played out chronologically. This thing with the the end of the roster, if it is a money thing, which I don't want to just like ascribe that it's a money thing, because who knows? But if it is a financially motivated thing, then I, yeah, I think that is something that sucks. They should go and find a minimum player or two and sign some ten days and just suck it up and pay the money. To me, it it maybe suggests that it's not so much a money thing, like. With this week being so loaded, I wonder if maybe they just thought, oh, you know, Kyle's going to be back on Thursday and Fred's not going to be out long and Hood's day today. We're going to get these guys back and all of a sudden we're going to have a full complement of players and it's not going to be as dire as it was last night. That's kind of where I'm choosing to sort of believe is like the motivation is coming from, I guess, is that maybe they're just not too worried about these guys being out too long. But I can certainly understand people who are upset that they haven't gone and signed a body or two just to kind of soak up some minutes and help things easy. And as we speak, oh my goodness, Katie, we've spoken it into existence. The Toronto Raptors plan to sign Freddie Gillespie of the G League to a (laughs) 10-day contract. Sources tell Shams and Blake Murphy. They tell Blake Murphy, Shams, screw you. Um, Excellent. Freddie Gillespie, one of the best big men in the G League. There we go. Beautiful. We We spoke it into existence on the podcast. Hell yeah. (laughs) I mean, because I was going to say... I don't buy anything <laughs> about like financial difficulties yeah. or like petty pinching. Yeah. Uh, honestly, for this is not NBA the Rockets. Team, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, except for the Rockets, uh, that's not a real thing. They have a lot of money. Uh, even when it seems like they don't, they do. So I'm glad they ponied up. Yeah. Uh, Freddie Gillespie. Hell yeah. Uh, he's very, very good in the G League. So that's fun. Outstanding. That feels like the best place to leave this, Katie. Uh, we got nothing else to add. They've answered our prayers. The Raptors have another player on the roster. Yay! Um, all right. <laughs> let's uh, let's wrap it up there then, Katie. Do you have anything you would like to plug? Uh, first of all, thanks for joining today. It was lovely chatting with you. It's always lovely to chat with you. But anything you want to promote? Um. Well, thank you for having me. And yeah, I have um, a feature coming out soonish uh, on the Hawks, actually, and Kevin Herter. So you can look for that on Dime. Excellent. 
Uh, we will look for that. Absolutely. Um, you can look for me on Twitter at Woodley Sean. You can subscribe to, rate, review, all that good stuff. It's always appreciated when you take the time. Uh, listen to uh, Basketball, my podcast with Katie, our other podcast that comes out every Thursday. It's always, excuse me, stifling a hiccup. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hate that. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a good, good podcast. You should listen to it. It's a lot of fun. And uh, that will do it. I'll be back again, like I said, on Thursday with our pal Brad from Too Much Hoops. We're going to dive into the Raptors' defense and where things have gone wrong this season. And uh, that'll be a ton of fun. And again, Friday, we got John Wilmus talking about the Bulls game and uh, the race for the play-in spots. So that will round up the week. We'll talk to you again Thursday with another episode of Locked On Raptors. Bye-bye. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.